The Major Spoilers Podcast is sponsored in part by the Mid-Ohio Con, October 3rd and 4th in Columbus, Ohio. For more information, visit midohiocon.com. The show is also sponsored in part by Past Generation Toys. Past Generation Toys has a large selection of Star Wars, G.I. Joe, and Marvel toys. Visit them on the web at pastgenerationtoys.com. The Major Spoilers podcast covers news, reviews, and of course, spoilers, and goes into details about the topics discussed. So if you haven't read, listened, or watched the items we talk about, you might want to come back later. Uh, I was going to say, I guess I just didn't... It wasn't until I looked on the back of this book that it actually says this is a Western comic, you know, and that's that's kind of cool. And for the longest time, I was never into Westerns. And I, I don't know if it's because I was rebelling as a young high school kid or what it was, but I just despised everything I, Westerns. It was I probably hate cowboys. It, I want to be a ballerina. Stupid. It probably stemmed. Wah-wah. It probably stemmed after watching The Searchers. In in a film school class because it was just so full of racial stereotypes mm. and you know quite frankly a story that I really didn't care for to begin with, but mm. I just despised for years westerns and people would say, oh Stephen you've got to watch the good the bad and the ugly and I'm like is it a western yes and I'm like I'm not gonna watch it and then I sat down one weekend and I watched the good the bad and the ugly and all of a sudden I'm like isn't it great damn what a good movie. And I suddenly have found over the last couple of years that I'm starting to like Western movies. I'm starting to like... It has uh, Master Ninja in it. Yes, it does. Lee Van Cleef. Uh, I'm starting to like oldie, tiny country music. Is he the bad or is he the ugly? Uh, He's the the bad. The ugly is that sidekick. The racial stereotype sidekick. Uh Um, But you know what's cool about... you do get that scene where there's like an upright priest... Right, right, right. Who just chastises him for being a horrible stereotype. <laughs> right, right, right. Uh, the good thing about The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly is it doesn't come off as a Western. It comes off as a Civil War drama set in the Southwest. Well, it, it really kind of depends how you define a Western. I mean, True. I kind of, as, as a pretentious film school brat, I define a Western by its tropes. So, um, for example, you know, people keep saying, it's like, oh, you know, Serenity is a space Western. No, it isn't. It really isn't. It's um, science fiction. Yeah. Nobody in, in Serenity, they don't roll into a town and clean up, you know, and like they're never hired by, a, you know, it's, it's never Seven Samurai. They're always kind of on the run from right. like super cool guys who are ninjas. Right. Um, it's, it's, it's actually, it's got some of the Western trappings to it. Yeah. But they it's actually, dusters. I mean, it's actually standard adventure, almost superhero adventure to some degree. Yeah, but it's just, it's, it's funny. It's got elements of a war story and elements of other stuff. But. I'm taking the time to start to go back and explore westerns. And I was wondering if you guys have a favorite western movie. Western movie? Yeah, and I'm not talking about uh, Back to the Future Part 3. Oh, damn, because that's what I was going to say. Killed by Buford Tanner over the matter of $12. $12? Great Scott, Marty. It's your kids. <laughs> Para otros usos de este término, vease zorro de ambiguación. Um, I like, you know, again, I don't want to, we'll just, we'll just leave the horrible pretentious talk about how much I like. No, no, please right. get, get, uh, and- get all pretentious. Well, I, I think my favorite Western might be Seven Samurai. I okay. mean, it's so, like, you you know, you walk around, 
and is like, here's this cool guy who can do this, and here's this cool scene. Let's hire him. Right. Now, here's this other guy. Okay, now they're going to get into this town, and each one of them, you know, like, their personalities comes out, Mm -hmm. and you understand why they're there and why they've decided to do this. You know, you have that big turning point where the big uh, brash young guy realizes that these guys really have what it takes to be awesome samurais, but then mm-hmm. they die. So mm-hmm. like this samurai lore is lost. It's, um, you know, you have like witless peasants and you have nice peasants. It's, it's that kind of, that kind of situation of like you are out in the West. Right. It is so isolated. There is nothing there except for you and a bunch of guys who want to take you over mm-hmm. and you need a hero. Mm-hmm. You're calling out for a hero. It's something that I forget <laughs> the lyrics. I'm calling out You're for holding a out hero. for a hero. <laughs> the so, end then, of the night. so then, so then, Mr. Pretentious Film School type, Mr. Film School Pretentious type. Then, what do you think of the Magnificent Mr. Seven? Film School, <laughs> Mr. Beatnik, <laughs> Mr. Forty Thousand Dollars a Year in Tuition. It wasn't quite that much, but it was pretty close. Um, I- I'm sure by now it's forty thousand. I'm sure it is. It's um, because you haven't paid. Yeah, that's true. No, the bank paid. I just have to pay the bank. Which um, is why you drive a Yaris. Well, yeah. <laughs> why? Like, what do I think of? Yeah, what do you think of the Yaris? What do you think of the Magnificent Seven? Because you're saying that you love the Western in the form of um, uh, Seven, Samurai. Seven Samurai, and of course, I, I Magnificent thought it was... Seven is a ripoff of of that. Yeah, I thought it was great. It's, I mean, well, it's it's essentially the same movie. It's an Except edit. this time, you know, you got actual cowboy hats in there. Um, the the characters are cool. You know, you get uh, it, it's it's funny though that you have these two main characters. Um, one of them is German, like right. the, the actual actor is German. Right. And who knows where's Yul Brenner from? He is, uh, of course, he's from Thailand. No, I don't know. Right. I don't know where he's from. I think he's Russian. Yeah, that's kind of what he's, it sounds he's like. the king of Siam. <laughs> I um, want to say he's Russian. Not called Myanmar. Also a robot. Because Yul, Yul is like a very Yul, Yuli Borisovich. I'm dead now. Do not smoke. Um, so I've, I've always found that funny. Also that, uh, what's his name? Is it Charles Bronson? Yeah. Um, plays a Mexican. Like he's like half Mexican right, right, in it. Right, right, But, you know, he's Charles Bronson. <laughs> Um, Bernardo O'Reilly. Right, Bernardo O'Reilly. Um, you know, I liked it a lot, but uh, like, if you, I think that, for example, um, is it Fistful of Dollars? Yep. Which one? Well, there's Fistful of Dollars is the uh, remake of the other Akira right. Kurosaki movie. Right, um, right. The the Yo- Yojimbo remake. Yeah, if you, right, right. if I sit down, I would rather watch. Um, Seven Samurai to Magnificent Seven, but I probably would rather watch Fistful of Dollars to Yojimbo because Yojimbo's actually—I mean, it's a great movie, but it's so slow. Would you rather watch Fistful of Dollars or that uh, Bruce Willis remake set in the 1920s oil town? Uh, that one was good too. I like that one. I mean, it—it it, it goes to show that there's something like, you know, there's basically two definitions of the western. One of them is: do they have cowboy hats and are they shooting at each other? Mm-hmm. Check. It's a Western. And the other one is, you know, this kind of ambiguous morality good guy that's helping out the, 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 the people kind of like, you know, it's, it's, it's like the, the next step of the Robin, of the Robin Hood mythos. Right. Um, this kind of is, you know, 
the, the, the people cry out for a hero and they get this guy who in the end turns out to be a hero, but he's not approaching it in, in that sort of way. That's mm-hmm. kind of what, what the Western boils down to me in, in a lot of ways. Okay. Well, what do you think yeah. that we've already talked? I said good, the bad, the ugly. I really like that when you mentioned fistful of dollars. What about a few dollars more? Have you seen well, that about one? A few, you Have should you, give me a few dollars more. I, I'm giving you all the Luthor dollars I can. Get your copy or ink re- replenished and print out, print some more. <laughs> Matthew, um, do you? That, no, go ahead. Which one? Which one is that? Well, that's a the third. That's more? the third one, which is essentially the sequel follow up to Fistful oh, of Dollars. I, I don't think I've seen. It's that it's one. part of the the Man with No No Name trilogy. I think that's the one that I've only watched once or twice. The other two I've watched multiple times, and I do enjoy those quite a bit. Matthew, do you have a favorite western? It's either Brave Star, <laughs> El, El Mariachi, or Bring Me the Head of Alfredo Garcia. Now, I really like the Magnificent Seven. I mm-hmm. love the Wild Bunch. Mm-hmm. The Wild Bunch is one where you just look at that and you're like, oh, man. You know, when I was a kid, getting to see the Wild Bunch and go, man, these people, they're getting shot up. Mm-hmm. Channel 41 used to run Spaghetti Western Night. Yeah, they did. And they would run they would run the hell out of the Man With No Name movies yep. and the Clint Eastwood Spaghetti Western-y that's, things. That's where I first Paint started Your Wagon. Oh, God. Paint Your Wagon is a good Western. <laughs> you know, technically it is a... Paint Your Wagon, gotta paint it. good. Paint it good. <laughs> um, I don't know. I don't... <laughs> <laughs> Lone Star. Have you seen Lone Star? I don't think so. Lone Star is interesting. It's got uh, Matthew McConaughey. Oh, is that? No. Go ahead. Keep, keep, keep talking. Yeah. Matthew McConaughey is this cop, and he eventually dies and disappears, and it turns out that his son, who's played by the guy from American Beauty, the next door guy, uh, Chris something, ends up getting it, it, becoming sheriff because he is Matthew McConaughey's son. Hmm, and he's, okay. he's he, you know, everybody says he's not half the man that his father was. But he gets involved in this this bizarre thing that explains that his father was involved in some weird murder. And he finds out, and it's got this, it's got a really interesting thread about race relations between, you know, the, the Mexican and uh, the Caucasians, you know, the gringos in the city, and how there's this this undercurrent of unrest and it ends with this creepy moment where they find out that his girlfriend is also his half-sister. Ah, Luke Skywalker, but, no! But it's really interesting. and it, I mean, it's pure Western, Yeah. but it's kind of couched in these weird tones. You know, there aren't cowboys, but he's dealing with this stuff, and it's also got a little bit of element to it of like a, kind of a murder mystery, which is mm-hmm. nice. Mm-hmm. But Brave Star has to be. The my first introduction to westerns. The I don't know if you're familiar. Brave Star, yeah, it's the, like the one where he has he hangs out with this. The uh, animate the horse the, the that horse turns called, into a horse and then 30, he turns 30, into a guy. Yeah, the transforming horse thirty thirty. Oh, I this was on television like in ni- 18, Yeah, when we were like eleven and twelve, oh. when I didn't like anything. Yes, I remember that now. Yeah, and Brave Star, uh, the main character is. It was apparently designed with the intent of having him be African-American, but they kind of cop out and they have him be a Native American. And he has these superpowers and he has this this techno horse who can turn into a person and fight with him. And and doesn't it shoot out the lasso and everything? 
Yeah, and he yeah. can fight all these villains, and he's got this villain called Tex Hex, who's this magical evil cowboy who looks a little bit like, you know, Lee Van Cleef. And, and, and they ride flying motorcycles shaped yes. like horses. Yes. Yeah. I remember oh, yeah. that. Yeah, I, I loved that show when I was young. Thanks for unlocking that memory. But it's awesome. You have to look at that. For, for one thing, it comes from uh, Filmation. Yeah. And Filmation, oh, uh, for those of you who aren't familiar with Filmation, Filmation is like uh, the Ed Wood of cartoons. I would say if you if you want to see Filmation, turn on the Boomerang channel, and you will see There's many of those in the interstitials. There's not a lot of Filmation on the on Not the anymore. There used to be. Uh, I don't know if anyone has ever seen the old Archie cartoons yes. or the Brady Bunch cartoons, yes. which actually were... The Archie cartoons, yeah, literally down to the frame by frame drawings. The Brady kids were drawn over the Archies playing the same musical instrument. Ugh. But Filmation was not known for being forward thinking, or really <laughs> doing much more than recycling the same stock poses. But Brave Star, Brave Star had a couple of like really cool original ideas, or or original enough where they hadn't been used in the same way. Once that horse turns into a guy thing like you yeah. the, the way that they did it was smart and one the, thing that always the thing that always stuck with me about that show was the bad guys show up the fort opens up throws out all these tubes grabs onto the other buildings and ev the entire city is just dragged into the fort yep and it's it's one of those moments where if you if you analyze it the cowboy who is also an indian or a native american you know, it's kind of interesting. He has these, these, and in 1984, you can look at him, you can say, okay, maybe this is a little cliche, but in 1984, this was not like beaten to the ground. He had the spirit, he could call on his spirit animals. Yeah. Right. And get superpowers from his spirit and animals. So one of them was an eagle and a wolf or something. Was, it was that an eagle and a bear and a, like a cheetah. And I used to, it was a, it was a puma and I used to watch it in Spanish. Oh. So it was like extra weird, probably. Are you sure it wasn't just a puma in Spanish? I could have sworn <laughs> it, it was. A it could, it, I'm pretty sure they were all Western animals. So why wouldn't a cheetah be Western? Phyllis Diller was. No, because there's no cheetahs in America. Oh, the America's full of cheetahs. I think actually puma is just the Spanish word for cheetah. Oh, um, okay. What is the Spanish so. word for cheetah? Cheetah. <laughs> <laughs> Honky. It always cracks me up. Honky, <laughs> honky, honky. <laughs> so, what about what about television series? Dead my, my favorite Western television series by far has to be Deadwood. Have you guys ever seen this? It's not really. It's in the Western part of the United States. It doesn't take place in the in. Well, it's actually at the time Western part of the United States, but it takes place in Deadwood, South Dakota, during the Gold Rush when everybody was there getting killed and the and the quote-unquote Wild West days. It is a fascinating series that HBO put out. And if you guys get a chance, if you haven't already seen it, you need to get it on the Netflix. It only lasted four seasons, and then HBO canceled it with the promise of making oh, is movie follow-ups. Yes, it is. And all the funny Shakespearean language done in, in Western, Western speak. It is an awesome series. Have you seen that, Rodrigo? Um, I haven't, actually. I don't have HBO, so I haven't gotten a chance to right. see it. I, I hear a lot of good things about it. Netflix, my friend. You you put that on. I want to see your Twitter saying, Stephen recommended Deadwood, and I'm watching it now on my Netflix download, and it's the best thing that he ever recommended. I think my favorite Western television show is probably Kung Fu. Hmm, okay. Because, I mean, Kung Fu takes that, well, in the Western trope of the outsider, and makes it 
so much of an outsider, you know, to the point where it's a completely different culture. It even dealt, you know, they dealt with it obliquely because it was the 70s, but they dealt with, you know, the outsider from that racial perspective, which is awesome. Yeah. And they had the cowboys and the Indians, and then Kane wouldn't shoot them. You know, Kane Kane would go in and he would be like, you know, doing the thing where he would be the grasshopper. And he would snatch the pebble. Yeah. How How is it that you hear these things, my master? How is it that you do not? <laughs> Ooh. See, I love I love the the point where you take the Western, and it's like Rodrigo said, the tropes of the Western are the important part. So it's kind of like, you know, if you look at what's your favorite uh, superhero show, I like Hong Kong Fooey. But <laughs> if you look at Kung Fu from the perspective of a Western, that outsider comes to town and does something because it's right, and people come up against him, and, you know, at the end of it all, the people sometimes accept him or he dies. Well, you know, could, it, I don't know. If you go by that trope, then wouldn't almost a lot of films that aren't Westerns be Westerns? No. I'm thinking like Fung Sayuk and some of these from no. films from China that follow the well, same kind of an idea is a Western. To some degree. All right. Okay. They, look at it. They might well, be. Let's look at Star Wars. Star Wars has a lot of elements of the Western. If you look at the young farmer, the young farmer oh, boy yeah, yeah. who wants to go off to war and, and become, you know, and then you have, you know, Han Solo who's kind of like that, that. that hired gun. So they have to hire Han Solo to do something. You've got, you know, uh, you've got uh, what's yeah, his name? I want to say Nick Fury. Yeah, especially uh, at the end of, uh, especially at the end of of that fourth movie where Luke is running off uh, after Obi Wan. Come back, Obi Wan! Come back! Shane! But you look at, you know, <laughs> you look at that. You, you've got the 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 young gun, and then you've got the the disgraced kind of black hat. And yeah, you've got yeah, right. the old man who gave up his gun, but now is coming back to teach the new man. You know, you've got, you've got the, the girl in distress. Yeah. You've got the evil sheriff. Yeah. <laughs> Throw him in the brig. I, I see that. I see that. This town ain't big enough for the both of us. Rodrigo, we didn't get your answer on, on Western television series. Do you have one? Um, Growing up, I, I, I really didn't watch a lot of Westerns. They just kind of weren't popular. But just the other, like, maybe a year ago. House on the Prairie? Oh, no, I, I didn't. It seemed co- colossally boring. It was. Oh, it was. <laughs> but it is a Western. Except yeah. for that time that Mary fell asleep in the field and her glasses caught everything on fire. That was actually somewhat exciting because you thought. And there was the one where uh, Laura was caught on the runaway caboose and her dad had to save her by running a train backwards. And slowing it down before she died. So what you're telling me is you guys have watched. And then there was that time Merlin Olson showed up <laughs> over at the Ingalls house and said, hey, you need to buy some flowers from me. See, here's the thing, Rodrigo. We grew up in the 1970s with female three, siblings. With three channels. You had to watch those three channels. And if you had female siblings, you occasionally had to watch crap, like Little House on the Prairie or Blossom. And if you lived with my grandmother, you had to watch freaking Wheel of Fortune six nights a freaking week, even though Danger Mouse was on at the same time. You couldn't watch Danger Mouse, Rodrigo, because there's only one TV in the house, and it only gets four channels. Well, that's fine. And... I understand, and I feel your pain. Uh, <laughs> however, I can't, you know, maybe I can't feel it in exactly the same way. I just want you guys to know that there is an entire circle of hell 
that every weekday afternoon opens up and craps out something called a telenovela <laughs> that I had to put up with through my entire childhood. So just so you guys know, I have, in fact, been Wait, scarred aren't by those television. Those, aren't those, those uh, hysterical uh, soap operas on Telemundo or yes. Univision? Yes. Man, I love watching those because I can't understand what I anybody's saying. Yeah, see, that's the thing. <laughs> I can understand what they're saying. And, and it's, it's freaking nine. <laughs> you know what's an interesting Western? What's that? Or a Western? I, I, Western in the same way that Firefly is a Western, I guess I should say. Back on Rodrigo's turf, Cowboy Bebop. Yeah, that yeah. is actually a really good Western. Mm-hmm. Here's 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 one thing that I about the Western that I that I've noticed. I think a, a big feature of a lot of Westerns is there's this huge expanse of desert or land or whatever, right. and you have no place to go. The, the like, John Ford, the John Ford expanse. The the only place to be is back where you're supposed to be, and Cowboy Bebop does it. You know, they keep going back to Mars. Um, if you watch uh, the assassination of Jesse James by the coward Robert Ford, it's like yeah. they keep bouncing back and forward between these four locations, and it's like they can't go anywhere else. There's the entirety of the United States where they can go, mm-hmm. but it's like the characters physically can't leave those locations. Same thing with like, you know, something more ridiculous like the Three Amigos, where like they're actually literally trapped in that town because the lo- locals won't let them leave. Yep. It's interesting. Ooh, Blazing Saddles. Blazing Saddles. Blazing Saddles. You know, but the isn't the uh, screwball comedy or the spoof the end of the genre? Not necessarily. I mean... Isn't that what we learned in film school? Uh, up to a point. Well, not anymore, I would have to say. Uh, these days, I think the audience is media savvy enough to where... Sometimes you have to point out the ridiculousness of it. People don't suspend their disbelief nearly as high as they used to. Uh, you know, they'll, guess, they'll try and give it up. I guess I mean from this standpoint is everything up to bl- uh, Blazing Saddles is the, for the most part, the type of Western that I don't like. Now, of course, we've already mentioned The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly, Fistful of Dollars, Magnificent Seven, those kinds of things. Brave Star. But, you know, yeah. you, you have the you – Brave have the, Star. You have the, the Western that's essentially the Roy Rogers – you know, white cowboy hat, silver spurs, the chaps, the the you know the the shiny shirt. Was that somebody reading mail? I think that was Rodrigo flipping through his Magic: The Gathering cards. Sorry. Stop reading mail. <laughs> and stop doing that during your own reviews when it couldn't be you. And it and it goes all the way up to the point where you make fun of it to the point where everyone's like, "Yeah, these movies are ridiculous," which then forces people. To come around with um, what was that Clint Eastwood movie about the old uh, fighter? Unforgiven. Unforgiven. Right. Then you reinvent that genre into something that's more real that people can say, yeah, this makes a lot of sense. Yeah, and I can see that. Yeah, definitely. But there's also the moment where, you know, that spoof of the ridiculous cliches forces you to make up new and different things, which eventually become the new cliches. Right. Which then spawns scary movie. Yeah. And well, more more importantly, the spoof has become its own genre. Right. So that you get something like Scream, which is actually kind of seriously lampooning uh, horror films and actually kind of lampooning spoofs of horror films. And then, Mm -hmm. you know, you get something like Scary Movie, which Which I would say failed because it was trying to make fun of a movie that was already making fun of horror movies. 
One of the main reasons why Scary Movie failed is that there's nothing there. Well, well Pamela yeah. Anderson it's, didn't it's, take it, off the clothes whole and around. Point, exactly. There's nothing there. The whole point of that film was the wink, wink, nudge, nudge, you're in on the joke. But the whole joke is that you were in on it. There was never a joke to be in on, just the little nudge, nudge. And then the fact that it's, you know, inspired date movie and, and whatever movie. Oh, yeah. And the fish the butt movie and superhero facial movie and all that. Movie, whatever the Do you hell guys like those? Do not you guys not like another those? teen movie was actually okay. Good. I liked it. Not another teen movie had three things going for it, though. It had a real love of the things that it was spoofing. Mm-hmm. It had some intelligence in the plot. To the point where they're actually talking about things that happen in movies and going, wait, isn't this happening in this movie? And it's that top secret moment where they're like, yeah, they it sounds like a bad movie. And they both le- look at the camera for a second and then yeah, move on. Yeah. yeah. And it had the characters playing the lampoons of the characters that they're playing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The kid who played that stereotypical fat kid who kept getting the concussion in Varsity Blues played the character who was making fun of that character. Mm-hmm. in not another teen movie so the actors in that movie were actually some of the kids who had been in the actual teen movies mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and molly ringwald did that fascinating cameo at the end where she's like are you listening to what he's saying it's from pretty and pink <laughs> the girl's like are you sure and molly's like i'm pretty fucking sure <laughs> let's bring it back around to westerns and and tie it back into comics for our listeners uh do you have a favorite western comic i've just started reading the Lone Ranger, and I find that very fascinating. But, you know, I'm into Zorro. I like that a lot. And, and, and let's keep it away from, let's keep it away from, you know, Green Lantern is a Western because it's the martial uh, Green outlaw. Lantern. No, Green Lantern is a cop. Well, that's flick. what I'm just saying. Let's, let's keep uh, it away Lantern from the NYPD capes. Green. Let's keep it away from the capes and, and keep it settled on stuff that's specifically Western marked. Things that have well, the actual let me, uh, track. Let, let, let me turn on my mic for 10 minutes while I go off about those handful of issues of Ghost Rider, where it was actually a pretty kick-ass Western. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm back. Okay. <laughs> awesome. Well, on a related note, let me point out the 20 or 30 issues in the 70s, where the original Ghost Rider series was also a pretty kick-ass Western. Mm-hmm. What about no. uh, what about Jonah Hex? Do you guys read that? I do. Do you like that? I find myself liking it a little bit less with every issue of the big crossover, mm. but I like it because what crossover? Jonah the Hex, one with Matt Lash or whatever. The one that they're doing right now, the Six Gun War, that oh, six yeah, issue yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah. Where uh, El Papaguayo, Papaguayo, I don't know how one pronounces that. Papaguayo, Rodrigo, Papagayo, Papagayo, the parrot, and Quentin Turnbull. Two of Hex's uh, quintessential villains from back in the day, uphill both ways with the AKs and the Froze, have teamed up together to fight Hex and Batlash and Tallulah. And it, I don't know. I liked it when it was one issue. The Tallulah Black issue that introduced Tallulah, where it became obvious that she is Jonah's female counterpart and that they are perfect for each other and thus they hate one another. Yeah. I love that issue. There's an issue where um, we reveal a little bit of the background of, I think it's actually two issues where we find out how Jonah was scarred or we, we retell the story oh, yeah, of how yeah. Jonah was yeah. scarred. Did you ever there's read an that? issue right before that where he just shows up and he's interacting with some uh, Apache and he's, you know, he's just 
normal, well, not normal, but he's just regular character. <laughs> and among the Apache, people that he respects, who he doesn't think are a bunch of idiots who need to die, Jonah Hex is almost a human being. Yeah. And then he goes back amongst the gringos who do something stupid and kill all the Apaches, and then he has to, you know, gotta kill some fellers. Did you ever read that issue where it's whatever happened to Jonah Hex and he dies in what a card fight and then they he stuff dies, his body and they goes they around in a, and they goes around in a carnival trade show for 70 years and then they find him in some warehouse. Yep, that was a good story. Rodrigo, do you have a favorite western comic book? Um or any that you can think of? I mean, the western is not a big genre in uh comic books as of late and there's probably a good reason not, for that. Not nowadays, but actually I used to just find these weird little comics and they had them at like dentists uh, and like uh, barbers and, and stuff like that in Mexico. And it was stuff like the Phantom and Turok and like a couple other things. And I remember like there was actually like some Lone Ranger ones that I actually really liked. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. I, I mean, I couldn't like it. It was so long ago that I was like, oh, cool. The Lone Ranger. Awesome. Right. right. Oh, here's an Indian fighting some dinosaurs. Also awesome. Yeah, oh, here's a guy with a mask who apparently becomes a bunch of tigers, maybe. Okay, I'm I'm on for that. <laughs> Lobo is a good Western comic. You think? And it only ran, only ran for about three issues in 1967. I happen to have them all. Um, Lobo is actually notable for being the first American comic book with a black protagonist, which, oh, you know, being the okay, schmuck I that I am, that's about. why I own it. But yeah. uh, it's, I, I think... I think it's written by Tony Tallarico. And Tony Tallarico is one of those guys who used to work for uh, uh, Dar. <laughs> What's the word I'm looking for? Used to work for Charlton Comics. Ah, okay. And Charlton was known for kind of just cranking things out. Charlton only got in the comic book business to keep their printing press running so they could do the cereal boxes and, you know, music right. magazines. But Lobo was interesting and it was it was it was very much influenced by like the spaghetti westerns influenced by the uh the clint eastwood westerns that were coming around in the 60s and 70s and it had a black main character mm -hmm. and you know he would do this kind of the zorro thing where he'd leave a letter l on the foreheads of the people that he killed you know so it was you know it was very interesting it was very well done but it was also I don't know. It most comic book westerns feel like superhero stories with hats, right? Yeah. Especially if you read the DC comics westerns, like Nighthawk, mm -hmm. or if you're reading like you know Johnny Thunder was okay in the '50s for a while. I love the Johnny Thunder stories because the art is so awesome. And there are some old school uh, Zorro stories drawn by Alex Toth that I just love to death and have, you know, Who were those of. by? That was from those were in the 80s? Was that when those 80s no, and 90s? No, we're talking earlier than that. 50s and 60s. I believe Zorro was uh it would have been roughly analogous to the time that the guy uh Williams series was oh, running. Okay. All right. So but I think 50s, it was from 60s. Dell Comics. What is the one that I'm thinking that was out in like the 90s that had Zorro and Lady Rawhide? That would have been Tops Comics. Oh, okay. All right. And they were pretty horrific. I don't know. I like the Lady Rawhide. I forget who was You like Lady Rawhide boobies. <laughs> yes. Who, who, who was the artist on that? Lady Rawhide. Lady Rawhide? I want to say was... Oh, what's her face? Um... 
Yeah, Frassum. What is her Was name? A female artist? I want to say it was I keep wanting to say Amanda Connor, but I don't think that's right. Uh, oh, if it was Amanda Connor, then that explains so much. Well, it was written by. Yeah, thank thank the wiki lords. Are you are you wikiing? That's what I'm trying to do. Oh, I'm trying to go to the Grand Comic Book Database. All right, let's look it up. Rodrigo, have you ever read Lady Rawhide? Um, no. When Lady Rawhide came out, it was at a point where. Um, I would have to go to comic book shops with my mom. Oh yeah, so, so I really... couldn't get near Lady Rawhide. Yeah, because she wore some. In fact, in fact, I I dimly recall Lady Rawhide being one of those that was like at the actual desk where you had to like ask. Oh to really? Because no, she wasn't that bad. I, I think I think it was probably because somebody complained. <laughs> you know what's wonderful about well, Lady Rawhide? It's because of that Adam Hughes cover where she's topless. That's probably why. Don well, McGregor. Don McGregor was the artist. No, he wrote it. Oh, okay. If you if you look at something like Battle Chasers, where you have a character like yes. Red Sonia, we need to review um, that. She wasn't like she wasn't in a lot of the covers, but um, something like Witchblade or Lady Rawhide or Vampirella, where there is a naked girl in every cover. Yeah, I think those are the ones where you know concerned pattern parents were probably like, uh, yeah, don't put this because I send my kid in here by himself. Mm-hmm. Tops Comics. I'm looking at Tops Comics. Uh, Mike Lady Rawhide number three. It created, Creators uh, Adam Hughes is listed as the penciler and inker for the cover. Um, Don McGregor is the writer. Jimmy P- Palmiotti is the inker, and Mike Mayhew, who where who, did I just did covers for Zorro? Yeah, he was going to say he just did covers for Zorro. Which let me see which one he did. To he see did if several. I can tell. He did like five. I think. Well, he did the alternate covers to. Uh, number one and number two, three, and four. So let me see if I can see two. Yeah, that just looks like, yeah, that's that's the one. Lady that's Rawhide cool. is one of those characters who came out of that dark time in comics where... Called the 90s. In order, well, in order to sell a comic for like 93, 94, they put big-breasted women in tiny outfits on the cover. Yeah, they did. And it wasn't necessarily... That the books were bad, because there were some good things that came out of it. She came out of that? Yeah, well, she came out of the Zorro series from Tops. That's where she first appeared as in Zorro number no, three. I mean, I she think. as in she. Oh, she, yeah, okay. Oh, yeah, uh, the, yeah, the uh, ninja, the ninja, the, white, white-faced ninja. Yeah, the ninja, and, and I think Dawn came out of that general time, and yeah, there mm-hmm. were some Dawn stories. Lady pretty, Death. Yeah, there were some Dawn stories <laughs> that were pretty good. And uh, what was I saying? Banana hat. Something oh. about Lady Rawhide and her importance and or non non importance well, in the Western. Lady genre. Rawhide is interesting more for her her prevalence as a big, busty, half naked female naughty girl at a time when they were prevalent in comics. She was never as interesting as her costume should have made her. Yeah. Who wasn't? Lady Rawhide. Yeah. Who it's was essentially kind of a, a red a female Zorro with her knockers hanging? Out. Yeah. Yeah, it's gonna essentially wearing some kind of naughty teddy with uh, tied up thigh high boots, and it's all. I in have red an issue and... with a woman as of eighteen fourteen being able to put together that outfit. <laughs> I question eighteen fourteen fashions. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Well, you know, it is it is the nineties. It is the nineties. Lady Rawhide, uh, Jimmy Palmiotti has some original Lady Rawhide art up for sale. On oh, his really? Website. Interesting. 
So you go got that going for you. We have to check nice. that out. I just love, love that Adam Hughes cover. I remember seeing that and going, must have Lady Rawhide. I, I'm just Adam in love. Hughes? With, yeah, I'm in love with Adam Hughes' work. Is uh, she topless? Yeah, but you only see her from the back, and she's like, "Quick, don't or don't quick, don't open the inside cover or something like that." To where you're supposed to. Did you ever you read the Penthouse comics that Adam Hughes drew? Yes. Yes. Where I he did. actually drew nudity. Yes, yes, I did. Just like I've read the uh, the Eros comics uh, Ironwood series by uh, Bill Willingham, that also uh-huh. has a lot of nudity that he drew and wrote too. So. Interesting, interesting stuff. Any other thoughts on Western comics? They're hard to find. Yeah, they are. Do you think it's a genre that's dead for comics or something that's that essentially will never sell? I mean, Zorro's not in the top Your Your top sentence 50. has an inherent contradiction in it. I know. If it's a genre, it cannot be dead. It can be dormant, but if it exists as a genre, someone will call on it. Western. The question is, will someone Super buy here. it? That's my question. Well, well I, buying I think, it is a something different. I think really what it is is it's those two things. Are we going to see a resurgence in comics about cowboys? Probably not anytime soon. I mean, right now the cowboy doesn't offer much to people. I mean, people aren't craving for it. People aren't asking for cowboy comics. Um, are we going to see elements of the Western and other things? I think we are constantly seeing that. I think... Uh, writers who have who have watched The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly and Magnificent Seven and Young Guns or whatever are actually constantly drawing on the Western genre. It's just they infuse it into superheroes, they infuse it into dramas, and they infuse it into other stuff. And that um, kind of keeps those, you know, and I'm going to say it again because I paid $35,000 for it, <laughs> tropes alive. Tropes. Um, and then eventually when it comes back around and some kid who's been watching, I don't know, Burn Notice goes back and says and watches the good, the bad, and the ugly. He's like, oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yep. All right, everybody, that wraps it up for this weekend's show. Thanks so much for listening and being part of the major spoilers experience. We'll be back on Tuesday. Again, we're talking Astro City. If you have any questions, comments, topic ideas for future shows, or would like to sponsor a show, send an email to podcast at majorspoilers.com. Visit Majorspoilers at Majorspoilers.com and be sure to check out the Major Spoilers forum. You can also follow Major Spoilers on Twitter at Twitter.com slash Majorspoilers and on MySpace at MySpace.com slash Majorspoilers. Bad Dick's Ray Vision of a Superman. I could save a few bucks and stand around and read through the covers of the comics on the stand. But although every other page would be backwards, I suppose, I could still read the evens and the odds. Well, I don't know. Guess I haven't thought this all the way through. Plus, as soon as the comic book store guy knew, they kicked my butt out on the corner. What a major spoiler. What a major spoiler. Think about a better way If I was hulking green or gray I could just bust through that brick wall Take their comic books away But then the little meat would deal With all the tanks and bombs and guns Have you ever tried to read a series With all that going on Guess I need to rethink this plan How would I back and board my comics With such huge hands Guess I already told ya What a major spoiler What a major spoiler Yeah, yeah, yeah what a major spoiler What a major spoiler 
I'm star raving rich like a man of iron. I might not be surprised to find that I might actually have the heart cold to follow an entire storyline. But would I really even need to read upon all those escapades? I mean, who needs such distractions when your sister's such a babe? But the downside is such a beast. Being shot up in a fine be in the Middle East with a King Santo and soldier. What a major spoiler. What a major spoiler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What a major spoiler. Whoa, 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 whoa. What a major spoiler. Major Spoilers Podcast, copyright 2009.